Welcome back everyone to R2Cast number eight. Uh, thank you for coming along. Um, today we have Andrew Weir of UA Market. If you want to say hello there, Andrew. Hello, how you doing? So we'll, we'll get into Andrew's story, where he's been, uh, what he does now, all that sort of stuff. Um, just before that, if I could just say to you guys, whether you're watching this on whatever, whatever platform, if you could check out uh, the YouTube channel, Rural to Kitchen. I did find out last week it was called Rural to Kick Then, and I hadn't noticed I'd spelt it wrong, um, but it's now spelled correctly, and you'll find it under Rural to Kitchen. Um, check out on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, and Facebook, and you'll see stuff like these podcasts. I've actually started vlogging, um, probably a bad decision, and just a lot of other stuff about farming and whatnot. And if you want to get in touch with me, you maybe know of someone in the agricultural industry, or maybe you know of yourself and you think you've got quite a cool story, get in touch. And we might we might be sort of you might be sat in the same chairs. Well, not and the same chairs, Andrew, because that's in his house. But uh, you sort of get the picture there. Um, we'll see how this goes for those of you watching on YouTube. Uh, the bandwidth we've of a problem here. If if it's working fine, uh, we'll keep the cameras on. If it starts to be a wee bit dodgy, we'll maybe jump uh, jump and put them off. Uh, Andrew does look quite the opposite of me from a. A groomed perspective, shall we say? <laughs> so he probably looks better. So he's probably wanting to keep the camera on. It's me that's not. But um, we'll get on into it. Andrew, bored of me talking nonsense and whatnot at the start, as always. But uh, who, who's Andrew Weir? What's what's your sort of story? Where are you from? That sort of thing. <clears throat> uh, my name's Andrew Weir, 26-year-old, 27 this year. I'm originally from a small farm just outside Stirling. Eight miles from Stirling itself, heading towards Glasgow, a little uh, village called Castle Carey, uh, just right next to the Castle Carey Arches, where you've probably been stuck in traffic before, or uh, there's been a snow blizzard or something you're in about there. So I usually, or we farms just around a bit in there. Um, mostly arable at home, that's full time um, myself, and I keep a mix, well, I keep a about a couple hundred cows of my own and some uh, pedigree lambs and cattle with the odd commercial calf for a bit of fun, more a hobby. Um, so aye, that uh, kind of keeps keeps me on my toes as well as working full-time for United Auctions uh, based in Stirling. Uh, so I went to Denny High School uh, for all my, all my days and then left when I was 16, uh, straight to Leicester, not August straight to Oatridge College, uh, done three years at Oatridge studying um, a diploma in agriculture um, and then after that took a year out and done a bit of working locally in farms, milking, bits and bobs, harvest, things like that as well as helping at home um, and then I started at United Auctions full time. Um, I started off out as a yard, as a yard operator, um, more or less a drover, uh, penning and back and stuff like that as well, um, before realising I wanted to be an auctioneer. Um, so at that point, there wasn't actually any auctioneer job available. They just recently employed another two auctioneers. So I then left and went and worked for Genus ABS, an artificial semen, uh, insemination and semen sales company. So I'd done two years through them, doing my full AI training, PD training, and was getting a bit involved with the uh, Envo work, 
before um, uh auctioneering job appeared back up at United Auctions and I left and came back again. So I was a junior for two and a half years, um, got a full AI ticket, full pregnancy diagnosis training down in Wales. Um, and then they actually sent us to Poland to do an official certificate before they would allow us out on farm. And that was a case of AI and a cow in a slaughterhouse. The cow was then, yeah, and it would die, and the cow was then killed, and you got its um, cervix, ovaries, everything on the table, and you had seen where you'd put the dye, whether it was in the right place, as of it would have been semen. So that was uh, quite interesting to see whether you were bang on or nowhere near and you had to be bang on before they would let you home basically and let you back out in the road so um no that was quite interesting side of it as well and it was quite heavily heavily involved a bit of semen sales and uh supporting the kind of beef pedigree farmers right about the sterling area so once the job excellent. came back sorry no just just saying excellent interesting on you go uh, <laughs> Back to um, United Auctions when they trained the auctioneer's job again. Uh, started in the July, that would be coming up for three years this summer. Uh, I'll be back at United Auctions as a trainee auctioneer. Um, so I currently canvas um, every day that there isn't a sale on, and our sale days are majority Wednesday, Thursday, apart from Domali every second or third Friday, and then open on a Saturday, and also Hunter sales on Saturdays as well. Um, so, day-to-day basis would be going around farms. Um, weekly, obviously, everything's a bit up in the air just now with COVID, so it's kind of disrupted stuff, but um, we are still trying to get on farm as much as possible, but only phoning ahead with permission to make sure farmers are accepting us out on the road because um, canvas and stock and keeping the market full is basically key and part of the food chain. Um, so our store sales are every Wednesday, so that's store cattle, um, calf cows and uh, store sheep as well at this time of year, whereas it fluctuates when the big store sheep sales, they get put on to a Monday after uh, we get a fair whack of numbers in. And then on a Thursday, uh, is the prime lambs, colliers, uh, and cast tucks as well, which uh, actually now sell the cast gels on a Thursday afternoon as well after the prime sheet's finished. So that's kind of my uh, platform and department um, alongside another auctioneer as well. Um, but when the first start uh, you're selling, you um, do farm sales. So it's kind of like a route. So that's where you kind of strengthen your voice and uh, a case of getting your rhythm, knowing your, knowing your sellers, knowing your buyers, and you start from basically selling a garden rake to a hose, to a sledge, to a, a, a water bowser or anything that gets put in front of you more or less. So it's a more of a, and a wing it sort of thing than anything else. Um, and then of course you move on to the kind of heavier implements, gates, ring feeders, creek feeders, and then uh, onto your, your um, tractors, machine and stuff like that as well. So depending on how strong your voice is, is when you get hauled off the trailer and the, another auctioneer steps in. So, um, no, that's where you start off. So I did three full farm sales. My first one was down at Ballon Tree. Um, it, was a, it was a farmer coming out of a farm down there. And um, it's a case of stand up in the trailer and go for it, more or less. You do a bit of practicing beforehand in the car down and... Uh, my way of learning was video and other auctioneers, just sound recording on your phone and listening to them back. Obviously, 
you don't want to imitate anyone else, but you can take the good bits, the bad bits, and, and make up your own speed, rhythm, and, and ah, it just kind of comes more naturally. So um, so that's me selling the, ca- the cash sheep every Thursday um, and hoping to, to progress on from there. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so you're from, from an arable farm there, you were saying, Andrew, was it, was it ever... Was it ever arable for you, or um, was that quite soon you jumped onto more livestock sort of thing? Um, well, I think that since being young, 14, 15 year old, I used to, we've got a, a local dairy farm not far from us. I used to cycle up there, do the milkings morning before school and then evenings after school. So it's just to kind of take a fancy. I mean, don't, don't um, get me wrong, I like ploughing and seeding and, you know, helping dad and whatever as well. But yeah, I just kind of take a preference to one rather than the other. No. Um, as well as it being cattle and sheep, rather than just one, you know, one one um, department. There's what you can kind of venture down both roads. So that way, when you land and farm, you can talk, you know, trade in both sectors as well. Which United Auctions are quite happy with you doing that as well. I mean, landing and farming, being able to talk both sectors as a as a kind of sales point anyway. Um, but through through United Auctions, also put you on a auctioning and evaluation course down at Harper Adams. Um, so this is a four-year uh, sort of block releasement course. Um, and at the end, of it, yeah, well, it's partly run by the Institute Auctioneering. And at the end of it, you get um, a, kind of, a, a diploma at the minute, but they're trying to make it a degree in valuing stock, land, you know, covers everything all together. So it's um, very handy when it comes to farm sales and stuff like that as well. It's, um, it's ideal for that. And do you do you need that qualification uh, to be an auctioneer at a certain level, or not necessarily? Um, no, not to, well. To, to be able to sell things officially, you need to have an, a qualification. But the, it's more when it comes to farm sales, as in land valuation and handovers for you know maybe divorces, um, deaths, or wills and stuff like that as well. So. Um, it's just so you're fit to sign the dotted line at the bottom and, and uh, actually mean some sort of thing. Um, but no, Harper Adams is pretty good. I mean, it's a class of 30, 30 um, all young auctioneers, more or less the same age from the whole of the UK as well. So you're seeing farms, you know, markets down in Devon and there's boys from Orkney. I mean, there's a bit of everything. There's, I mean, there's people that sell furniture and there's people that sell pigs. You know, it's just completely widened your, your scope altogether and the whole job is what you would have expected. So. It's good to meet those folks sort of in, maybe not directly in the exact same line as you, but in a very similar line. You sort of benefit from it often, don't you? Um, what what sort of numbers of stock do you see through the market at different times of the year? It's obviously going to peaks and trough, but uh, what sort of numbers say, well, yeah, say at what different times, how it fluctuates? Um, <clears throat> so you'll have um, store cattle and um, prime sheep sales, which are usually round about between either this time of year, um, heading to the grass or over the next six weeks to the grass or the back end when coming off the grass. Um, so that's usually at our peak. So season seasonal work would definitely be be important, um, especially with cattle coming off the grass. But all it's weather dependent. I mean, it's a, if it's a wet month in August, 
but you start to see cattle coming off, whereas if it's a dry month, people hang on into September, October. Um, depends how the cattle's looking as well, more to the, more to the key. I mean, you, you don't sell on, well, you can sell on the same date every year, but cattle, some are better some years or winter better next year. You know, it's it's just when the, when the stock's ready to sell. But uh, fat sheep, it's a kind of different job altogether. So obviously it's very seasonal, seasonal work because majority of people lamb at the same time of year. Your lambs are usually ready at the same point of the year and uh, they kind of dwindle away. Um, but over the last three years, I've noticed that people are lambing a lot earlier and a lot later. So the season the season is widening like a big a big a big lot for for variety as well because people are, are lambing that wee bit earlier to get lambs away to suit the market and then lambing a bit later again. So it's more or less goes back to what your farming system suits. Yeah, absolutely. What what sort of do you know? I mean, I'm not expecting exact figures, but do you have any figures as to how many? Just roughly, or not sure. I wouldn't say I, I couldn't have to put a figure on it exactly, but I mean there would be right. say an average twelve hundred store cattle every week throughout the year, and right. um, aye between four thousand prime lambs every week throughout the year. Maybe aye, I would have said as a rough figure anyway, twelve to fifteen hundred store cattle, and and um, and uh, aye before thousand hogs, and then a thousand to fifteen hundred cows most uh, weeks of the year, I would say, yeah. Aye. Just, just for uh, viewers, Andrew, that might not be overacquainted with farming, you're saying figures, uh, words, sorry, like prime and store, what does what do they mean? Well, store just, um, we've got a lot of potential store buyers that um, that will come and they'll buy cattle that the farmer has reared, so it could be between six months old to... 12 or 13, 14 months old. So then that would be classed as store. So it wouldn't be, that would be a yearling, but um, it wouldn't be at the at the, the, the right weight to kill. So then you have a, another kind of big farmer that will buy them and put them into a feedlot. Um, obviously it suits his system better and um, put feeding onto them and then fish, finish them straight into abattoir. Whereas <coughs> in the sheep industry, it's a prime sale as in this butchers, wholesalers um, and, and companies that come and buy prime lambs and they'll get slaughtered usually within the next day or the next week anyway. They're prime ready to be ready to be hung up and, and slaughtered. Um you mentioned you mentioned sort of the, the change of of uh, oh, oh, you briefly mentioned COVID. Um it's always quite interesting. I've asked everyone so far in the podcast actually how COVID has impacted them and their job. Uh, how would you say that's been for yourself and also for for markets? Um, I would definitely say it's been pretty difficult as in adapting to the times of dealing with traditional farmers as in traditional farmers are set in their ways as it is without a pandemic coming in and telling them that they can't do something when they've done it for the last 60, 70 years. Um, but as an industry, I would have said that we have benefited from it, but it's just a shame that it's taken, taken a pandemic to, to get to this stage sort of thing. Um, I, as personally, I would have said it's pretty, been pretty difficult um, adapting to the rules realising what you can can't do um, at the end of the day you still need to keep 
going on and, and, and make, you know, you still have to work. Obviously, the first, you know, week was a bit of a, bit of a scare and everybody, it was, it was a, a bit of a, things were t- turned upside down. But um, I, I would, I'm, I would have said it's, it's just adapting to the new times, really. I mean, you've got to obey by the rule, two metres, everything. Um, we've managed our top sales, managed our bull sales. Um, it's a case of sitting on top sitting on top of it, don't let the rules slip back because um, once you know you enter the building, enter the market and it's a two-metre zone or whatever, you make it clear. Um, a lot of the directors are up with us as well have been very hard pushing it, obviously to cover, their, cover, their, uh, cover the business and its own back and, and keeping everybody um, safe more than anything. It's, it's um, difficult times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, <clears throat> that's one word for it. We're, we're actually filming this I know this won't come out till God May, I think. Um, we're filming this on the 23rd of March, so sort of the lockdown anniversary. Uh, yeah. But it's almost normality now, you know. It's, it's what we sort of know. and Yeah, it is a challenge. It totally is a challenge. But you mentioned there your bill sales and your top I mean, sales. Was that, what was that, sorry? We've adapted uh, the market within the COVID um, the COVID rules and stuff and we've got an online bidding system and webcams now as well um so like to people that maybe were um vulnerable or didn't feel safe coming to the market they could still purchase still keep farming still buy what they need to buy with from from their home like um so i was quite heavily involved with the bull sales and and, and stuff like that as well as in picking farm picking bills for farmers and making sure farmers are quite happy with what they got and and the online bidding facility and, and um, a lot of visits um from farm to farm um and a and a booked appointment only and obviously under the covid restrictions but it was the case of two people for there for 20 minutes then they leave and you know it wasn't like a big massive gathering it was a case of slots and, and uh, people would visit farms or or um, they've bought a bull off that person for the last five years, and five seasons, sorry, and the bull's done well. So we'll just head back there, you know, just get by. But I like to say a year on, we're still, well, we're on a bit of a, on a rise now, but it's still, we're still really where we were this time last year, in theory. What What's involved in that bidding system then? So is it, do you see the stock involved or how does that work? So everything is lotted, lot numbers, um, and the lot number corresponds to what's in front here. But obviously we have the hiccups, as in um, for a while it was like a three-second delay. So we are trying to run a live bid bidding system. Um, the auctioneer is obviously taking bids if it's in front of them, as well as the computer pinging in halfway through as well so um, it's a case of entering the value of what's in front of you and then if someone online wants to ping in more than that then they put a bid higher sort of thing so um, but no it seemed to uh, work very well I mean there was a large proportion of bulls did go on the online system but and they're a happy medium because I mean a lot of people that did come to the sale travelled far and wide, bottom side England, um, to visit the bull sales, and then they're getting knocked out by someone on the internet. So, I mean, there was a few people cursing and complaining that, you know, they were not getting what they wanted, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a market, it's a bidding, it's a live auction, do you know what I mean? That's that's just the ins and outs of it. Is, will, the, will some of those systems be 
used in a sort of post-lockdown world, do you think, or not? We would probably try and go away from it and go back to the to the live option. Just of uh, you know guarantees and warranties and you know you've seen it in your own own eye yourself and you know it's there's no comeback either way sort of thing. Um, whereas if you're buying over a video or buying over pictures, uh, buying a lot number and we're describing it on the phone, you know you're putting your your trust and obviously a lot of money involved in these kind of things as well. So um, if you see it there and then yourself, you know that way that's what you've picked and it's your own eye you're judging it by. So I would have said to have, uh, there's never been anything mentioned because obviously we're getting by with what we're doing, but um, I would like to see they would kind of drift it away and, and go back to the, the, the normal style. You mentioned there, uh, Andrew, that you've got folk buying from South England. Where, where sort of do you have folk selling from? What's the sort of radius for that? <clears throat> Selling um, can be anywhere really. Um, just we've got the top side of Aberdeen come down to Stirling because of where we're located. Um, is a very very ideal situation as in two hours from Dumfries, Stranraer, two hours from Aberdeenshire. Um, a lot was either way any time of the day. Um, Lairage facility as well, or an overnight facility. Sorry, um, that can house cattle and sheep or any overnight stays um, and then of course got as well which we, if we don't have a market on the island the island cow come to us as well or and sheep they on stock sorry uh, come to us anyway so the 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 way i mean the, well the 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 reason i know you ish is just over the phone so so a lot of your job will be will be phoning farmers and whatnot, and you talk about farm visits. What what are they actually for? Is that just to keep folk in the loop, or is there more to that? Uh, to keep folk in the loop and um, making sure they're selling their stock at the time where it's most value to them. Um, you don't want to be, you know, I mean, it's quite hard to describe, but you don't want to be selling something when it's not at its peak at 12 o'clock, is what we always say. Um, so I've seen us going on to a farm maybe 40 bullocks in a shed and only drawing out 15, 12 or 15 that are actually ready to sell that week um, and letting the farmer feed the rest on for maybe a fortnight, three weeks, a month um, and they could grow into maybe 50 to 100 pound more than what they would have been that day if he sold them sort of thing. Um, so it's more or less seeing stock, seeing farmers, keeping them in the loop and... and uh, you know, a, a farmer sees their stock every morning, three, four times a day, maybe five times a day. Um, they, they'll not see it altering as much as, as us dropping in and, and um, seeing a change, you know, maybe in months, six weeks' time, whether they've started feeding, stock feeding, change feeding, um, stuff like that as well. So, I sometimes they, they like a, an, another opinion. Yeah, um, <clears throat> It's an experienced opinion as well, isn't it? It's not just another opinion. It's someone that's sort of got their eye in the, into the actual market. So, yeah. Um, you're, you're, you work for UA. You've mentioned Stirling. Uh, that's where you're based. Where where else are UA based? Just in Scotland or? Yeah. So we have, I think, seven centres over the whole of Scotland. So there's Stirling, 
Oban, Huntley, um, Tyree, Ailey, Eust, and I think that'll be it. Yep. Um, that's all the centres that we that we run operate out of. Um, and O'Malley as well, sorry, that was the other one. Um, right. that we operate out of. Um so I uh, we have we don't hold weekly auctions at them every but it's every kind of fortnight calendar, so we get sales calendar at the start of the year to where they but obviously with being up in Domali and Oban and stuff like that as well, that's very seasonal sales um to suit farmers up there. Um obviously with, with rougher climates and, and different farming systems up there you, you want to um be selling when it suits them than you know a weekly sale because I mean there'll be some people that are fit to sell every week and some people that I'll sell once a year and that'll be it sort of thing. Aye, yeah, yeah. The um, by the way, I'll just say I'll edit this part out if what I'm saying at the minute. If you don't answer this, that's fine. I'm just gonna ask um how does a market make its money? Is that one you want to answer or not? Um you don't have to if you don't want. Absolutely understand I cut this out obviously. How does it make how does it make its money? I'm trying to think of a way to word it. <laughs> um, you don't, honestly, if you don't want to answer, I know it could be a bit of a contentious one and whatnot anyway, so. Um, I would, I would, I would, I could answer it. I would just, I would say it was, could make it, or do you want to say it first so that you can? Yeah, I'll just say it. Yeah, so moving, moving on from that, I guess, Andrew, uh, you're obviously working at this market. Um, it's a big business. How does it, how does a market actually go about making its money? <clears throat> um, I would say first of all, uh, customer service. Repeat, uh, repeat customer service um, is pretty important, as in getting the most value for their stock when selling them, um, and as well as uh, I mean numbers wise and keeping stock flowing through the market is very important um, and suppose uh, commission as well farmers pay pay a, a percentage of commission um, to sell stock which is just purely to keep markets open and running um, a lot of markets have different percentages of commission to charge obviously which suits their operating systems um, but United Auctions we are actually the lowest in the whole of Scotland um, for commission commission uh, charges as well so we try and keep it at a bare minimum but it's more uh, I would have said customer service and keeping keeping the buyer as well as the seller happy at all times to, to improve because um, it was better off in your pocket than anyone else's to be honest <laughs> exactly yeah definitely um, how many I mean there's going to be obviously loads of different facets to this but how many folk are in like your team then Andrew at UA? So there'll be sales staff, there'll be between probably 25, probably 20 to 25 sales staff um, alone, all covering different areas throughout um, the whole of, whole of Scotland. Um, so up in the Huntley, Huntley market, there is um, a head auctioneer and two, two, another, two auctioneers as well. So they cover the whole of Aberdeenshire, more or less, right down to Perth. Um, and then we go from Perth up the way. Um, as well as as well as auctioneers as well, so field persons. So um, there's people that purely go out and canvas stock week in, week out, every day down farm rodents, um, visiting farmers and getting stock to the market as well as auctioneers. So um, we're a, quite a big team, but um, we all more or less work together as in which cust uh, customer suits which 
rep sort of thing. Um, so there will be a small bit of crossing over, but not nothing drastic as in. Um, but I have a stock there, and you're 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 getting getting on well with the farm and go go see them sort of thing. It's a case of um, I as many farms as you can get down and and as relationships you can get as 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 most important. Aye, as I mean, like we've we've covered sort of uh, the the job auctioneering and what what it involves and um, what what your day to day job is. Uh, what's well, I'm trying to say this. Basically, is there anything more entailed in the job that maybe we haven't covered that you can think of? Or, yeah, <laughs> I'm not up on it all, is what I'm basically saying. <laughs> I would have said the trade is very important. Um, it's fine and well having a sale every week, getting stock into the market, but you have to have somebody there to buy them. Um, so having having buyers um, that are willing to come to the market, um, and and uh, there's an out an outcome for your stock sort of thing. Um, there's no point in getting them the stock to the market and then scratching your head thinking who's going to buy these. <laughs> so there's a lot of preparation that goes ahead that goes goes through before a sale as well as after a sale. You know, haulage. Um, getting the cattle to the market, selling them, and then the purchaser getting the right cattle away with them so the full running of a market is is pretty important as well as buyers coming to the sale being a good show of stock forward for them um as well as getting a good trade for the farmers um so i mean the more the more people you can work with that are willing to buy um the more you can get into the market sort of thing so at the minute we've actually got three or four english buyers coming up um every week um, which are which are buying Scottish cattle, all Scottish assured, no TB restrictions, no nothing. Uh, can take them back down to their farm, straight into the sheds, feed them right out, and kill them without having to annual TB test or weekly or monthly sorry TB test. Um, and they're all Scottish assured, and they'll get a premium on that as well. So, yeah. um, getting getting decent decent sized sales encourages people to buy. Um, not just as well as local buyers, but I mean coming from further afield to to get a better stamper cattle and sheep um goes a long way and trade has been good uh, good this last year you know um yeah what what does that do for you guys <clears throat> um it encourages i mean it gives a, it gives a farmer a good lift um probably what's been needed in the last year sorry to be honest um use oh, farmers break their back day in, day out, um, 12, 14, 20 hours a day. Um, so it's, ah, it's, a, it's a little reward getting getting a good a good trade um, at the other end. But, I mean, um, there's things to think about, inputs and everything's going up as well. It's not just a case of a bonus at the end of the year sort of thing. It's inputs are all going up as well. So really the trade being good is just moving with the trend sort of thing. Um so I wouldn't take it as consideration as a as a as a bonus. I would say it's where it's maybe getting to where it needs to be to keep farmers afloat, even just Yeah, absolutely, especially with whatever happens with Brexit. But that's definitely something we're all gonna get to. Um yeah, hopefully it's not just a, a, a COVID affected blip and it's actually a you know sign of things to come. Um 
that's been good though, Andrew. I really enjoyed that chat. What what we do, uh, I don't know if you've watched the podcast. It doesn't matter if you haven't, don't worry, I won't be offended. Uh, what, <laughs> what we do at the end is, is there's a couple of questions I ask everyone. And uh, this all started um, before I did this podcast. Back in July, I started doing these interviews with folk in the industry and whatnot. And uh, two things I always ask with. One, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, two, if you had any any tips for anyone coming into to well the auctioneering sector, I guess what would they be? Um, where would I see myself in five years? Um, hopefully, still um, employed for a start. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. No, progressing through the company, um, building up a couple my customer base even more. Um, and maintaining the customers that I still have, as well as taking on a, and a lot more. Anyway, um, so although I've been at United Auctions for three years, it was still pretty new compared to the, the general scale. Um, so uh, I know definitely just progressing through through the company. Um, and any tips for someone coming into the um it's long hours um and you've got to make sure you enjoy it because if you enjoy it and doesn't feel like work or it's not a chore sort of thing so i definitely long hours commitment and um it's no easy but if it was everybody would do it <laughs> um but no um ag- agriculture is definitely something i've ever been involved in all all my life and um it's it's uh i know it's very interesting it's a lot of community really and it's um it's a case of and uh, fitting in and, and making sure you can make a good job at it, sort of thing. Most most folk, when asked that, um, say something along the lines of community networking. Make sure that you know. Try hard first off, but try meet people, get to know the you know people in different sides of the sector and stuff. So yeah, very very similar stuff you just said. But you actually just brought up one question that I should have asked before. You mentioned your um sort of your clients. How many do you have? Or is that not a figure you have an idea of? Uh, no, when I say it's a figure um I was having a top of my head because it's obviously um you know, trying to grow it as much as um and you'll have people that some get paid funds get built on some you know um that often like but you try and cover as, as many as possible in a managing manageable way um that you can make a make a job at everyone and, and not a case of a case of picking and choosing sort of thing. Yeah. Good. Well um I think we've sort of been around the houses there, but a good, good chat. Is there anything else you can you can think of there, Andrew? No, I would say they've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. You know, we well, this is going to be slightly edited from what actually happened there. Andrew just disappeared a couple of times, and uh, his audio and video is perfect now compared to the slight problem there was at the start. But not a problem. It's, it's worked good. Um, so yeah, as always, guys, thank you very much for for tuning in. Uh, if, if you've came along from Andrew's side of things, welcome and uh, maybe join the herd with uh, Rural to Kitchen. Um, not join the herd, I've totally stolen someone else's slogan there. That's our farming journey, so I'll pretend to say that. Um, yeah, thank you for coming along. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you've seen us. Google Podcasts now, actually. 
Uh, and if you have any tips for someone to come on the podcast, just let me know. So, yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, and we'll see you sometime soon. Thank you.